Welcome everyone to another episode of Los Puentes. I'm Marco, here with Christina. And today we'll be diving into our final student-selected topic, mental health. As we've heard in our episodes thus far, our students have shared experiences that have opened our eyes about what it means to be a student right now. And hopefully they've begun to open yours too. To reiterate our deep appreciation towards our participants, we want to thank them for their willingness to be a part of this podcast and share their stories in such a personal way. To the many students that are dealing with the complexity of emotions and struggles, we hope this episode highlights your experiences and calls attention to the changes that need to happen in many schools and educational institutions. Throughout this episode, we will explore a lot of great insight into the student mind. Some students even shared advice they have to help others who may be struggling with mental health, as well as advice from students to educators. We know that this topic is not always easy to talk about, and for some of our students, this was the first time they were asked to formally define mental health. Because of the stigmas that exist, many of them seemed a bit hesitant to open up. The majority of the students that are featured in this episode were not only talking about mental health in a school setting for the first time, but they were also having these conversations in a non-native language. Which we both know we couldn't have done when we were in school. Definitely not. That said, they gave us a great insight into defining mental health. When I think about mental health, I think of a person that is living, uh, some, some, that is having some rough time right now, that isn't having a good time, and that it's like trapped in this bubble of sadness. I think mental health just englobes everything uh, that means related to that it's not physical, just you think or something you are convinced of. I mean, like depression or anxiety or it can be like little things that makes you feel uncomfortable or stressed or you can't live your life like you could just without that interrupting you. We have come to understand mental health in a similar way, the state of being surrounding our mental and emotional self. With this understanding, we now want to share a few of our students' experiences, specifically as students during the pandemic. I suppose that during the pandemic, um, the fact that we were alone, at, you know, at our room, it made it, in my opinion, in my case, I used to be on my room like all the time listening to music and not having the opportunity to talk to other people about what I feel or how I uh, realize things, it made me like think, overthink so much and it made me feel sad or make a very big drama from where it, it wasn't. Since we were alone all the time, stuck in our houses, so a lot more time to just reflect on how we are feeling, talk, to myself basically and see how I'm doing. Um, I have changed one thing that is that all people uh, at some times in their lives have problems with mental health and this was something that the pandemic, which is something globalized, helped me to see. I started to lose time that I used to spend with friends or distressing or working and now it seemed like my whole life was revolving around school and having everything up to date. So it, it really changed my perspective. It is clear that these students have been deeply affected by what has been going on around them and their understanding of their experiences has really translated to how they navigate their lives as young people now. 
I definitely agree. And according to the New England Journal of Medicine, some of the numerous emotional outcomes that our students mention, like anxiety, depression, boredom, or stress, have been prevalent among most learners, even after quarantine was lifted. But many have found ways to survive, handling various difficult situations with persistence and creativity. Some students have rediscovered their love for lost interests. Well, I used to play the piano, and a way of like making me feel like more relaxed and stop thinking that much, it was playing, just playing whatever I thought, like, go. That's like my way of distressing. And others came across joy in unexpected places, like the trash. It sounds silly, but I like going out with the trash because it was the only opportunity I had to go out. So I always get the trash and go out with it. And as much as this story makes me smile, it is important to recognize that not everyone has been able to get through the events of the pandemic unscathed, which is why schools have an even greater role in serving our students. With all that was going on, students were still that. Students. They had homework, deadlines, and things to learn, online or in person. School would be a very big factor that played in the change of my perception. I remember whenever we were just now experiencing COVID, we would not go back to school. But they decided to finish the semester off. And although they made it seem like we had options that would help us get through it, it was not a good time. Whenever we started my senior year, it was really difficult to keep up with all of these assignments. And it seemed like there was constant homework, more homework and more homework. Oftentimes these stresses go unnoticed. In my experiences as an educator, I continually witness schools function in a trauma-focused manner. And what do you mean by trauma-focused? Well, from my understanding, when students are facing difficulties, the process is very reactive. They are pulled out of the classroom, have regular meetings with counselors, and received individualized intervention, which all have their benefits. But these measures do not quite address students' well-being in a timely manner or in relation to factors like community issues or a pandemic. For several students that I know who experience the reactive nature of many current education systems, by the time they received the help they needed, it was their final year of school. They were already halfway out the door. I see what you're saying, which is what we saw happen during the pandemic. Many schools didn't previously have conversations about mental health or the stigmas that revolve around it. So their only course of action was just that, a reactive one. At school, we learn how to train, how to eat properly, how to be active people when we study uh, physical education and biology, but I think we barely learn how to take care of ourselves when it comes to, to problems like anxiety, stress, or similar things. Yeah, because we are teenagers and we have a lot of feelings, lot, lot, lot of feelings, and this is difficult to the adults uh, understand us and talk about the, the feelings. No, we didn't talk. We didn't talk about it like every day, and they they only talk with us about the class and in you know, online classes. But with the feelings and mental health, they didn't talk with us. 
However, during the pandemic, several schools started to become trauma-informed, discussing mental health, having conversations in classes, regardless of the individual experiences of the students, and in consideration of the communities in which the students find themselves. This recognizes that many students are experiencing difficulties and that we, as educators, can proactively aid these students before a reactive approach is needed. Our tutor um, is always asking us and checking on us, like, are you okay? Are you having like anxiety and stuff because of the studies? And we talk about it at least once or twice a week, like, are you fine? Are you doing good? Regardless of whether or not the schools or teachers are initiating these conversations, the students are having them. We've seen and heard about students' mental health experiences through our interviews, but also through Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Social media has been an outlet for our students to connect and feel validated. As I've spent more time like, on the internet, seeing more people talk about it, I've become more like aware of it in myself and in other people. When the pandemics broke out and we were at home during the lockdown, I spoke to a lot of people on social media and wherever, and some of them were having a really hard time. I, it made me realize how, how serious the issue is for some people. As heard from these students, social media was a form of validation, but also an opportunity to learn and teach about mental health. Students point out the shared vocabulary, potential coping mechanisms, conversation starters, and other emotional and mental health-related info. And also according to an article in the New England Journal of Medicine, parents commonly underestimate their children's distress. The article recommends having open discussions to address children's reactions and concerns, a really important step to counter the stigmas that exist around mental health. And from the conversations we've had, it seems like those stigmas are becoming clearer and clearer and the pandemic was a catalyst for the changes that need to happen. My perception on mental health has changed from me viewing a few people dealing with mental issues and the battle people individually go through to now viewing everyone's mental health issues and it being an alarmingly high rate. And even viewing my own mental health and realizing how not everything is truly okay. I think that people uh, not consider mental health like other diseases. Yeah. And I think that it's important too. We have to look after it. Yes. Uh, if we are not okay psychologically, we are not going to do our works as we should. We are not, yes. we, are, we won't be the, the 100% we are. And I think we should give more, infor- more, Im- importance. more importance yeah, to mm-hmm. that matter. I know a lot with my friends. We talk about it a lot. We talk about that more than like our physical health because it's not always seen. Like you can clearly see when someone's physically not doing well. But if you don't have like your friends talking about it, it just goes unseen. And like there's a lot of growth that still needs to be made and should be made because we made a little growth, but not enough. So there's a lot of stigma still around mental health. It's definitely becoming better but it's still not super great if you say oh I'm gonna go see my therapist some people might see that as like oh you're going to do what where it's starting to be better like depending on the groups of people you're around going to see your therapist is kind of like seeing your doctor sometimes 
We think this student is absolutely correct. We have made progress, but there is so much more change necessary to meet the needs of the students in their communities. One student we spoke to reminds us of the impact that building relationships can have on creating an environment to initiate change. It's definitely just being yourself. Like the teachers that try and put on the super professional, I'm the teacher, you're the student, that kind who doesn't try and like form any kind of relationship with the students. Those teachers, I'm always like, oh, okay. Like it's just go to their class and leave. I don't want to talk to them at all or anything. But by no means do we think educators have the sole responsibility of helping these students. When it comes to our children's learning, it is important to remember the many people involved. Yes, it is important for educators to be initiating and continuing these conversations in classrooms, but it is also important that they are not the only ones taking action. Parents, relatives, guardians, those listening who care for the well-being of learners, take time to listen to our students and talk to them about mental health, the good and the bad. And personally, Christina and I have learned that when you have these conversations, it is beneficial for everyone involved. We've learned a lot about ourselves, those around us, and how to actively address mental health issues. So build relationships, have conversations, and be open to talking about mental health. And with all that we've said, there's still many resources to draw from. If you're interested, you can find a few of our favorites in the episode bio. Another big thank you to everyone, the students, the educators, those in Spain and those in the US who shared their time with us and answered our questions. This project could not have been completed without your wonderful time and effort. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. This has been Los Puentes, The Bridges. I'm Christina. I'm Lexi. I'm Marco. And I'm Juliana. Now with as much fun as we've had, this is our final episode. That's right. Our time teaching in Spain has come to an end. Well, for now. (laughs) 